So I just want to make sure that I give you um, a little disclaimer that the book I'm going to be reading will have some um, cursing and um, there is discussion of racism. Um, some things that may not be comfortable um, with your listening. So I just want to give you a heads up. Um, so you're aware I'm reading this book that is an award-winning um, bestseller um, by Angie Thomas, The Hate You Give. And so I hope you will um, enjoy it. Hello and thank you for being a listener to With Just a Kiss. The Hate You Give Chapter 1 I shouldn't have come to this party. I'm not even sure I belong at this party. That's not on some bougie shit either. There are just some places where it's not enough to be me. Either version of me. Big D Spring Break Party is one of those places. I squeeze through sweaty bodies and follow Kenya, her curls bouncing past her shoulders. A haze lingers over the room, smelling like weed, and the music rattles the floor. Some rapper calls out for everybody to nene, followed by a bunch of haze, as people launch into their own versions. Kenya holds up her cup and dances her way through the crowd. Between the headache from the loud-ass music and the nausea from the weed odor, I'd be amazed if I crossed the room without spilling my drink. We break out the crowd and Big D's house is packed wall to wall. I've always heard that everybody and their mama come to his spring break parties. Well, everybody except me. But damn, I didn't know it would be this many people. Girls wear their hair colored, curled, laid, and slayed. Got me feeling basic as hell with my ponytail. Guys in their freshest kicks and sagging pants grind so close to girls, they just about need condoms. My Nana likes to say that spring brings love. Spring in Garden Heights doesn't always bring love. But it promises babies in the winter. I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of them are conceived the night at Big D's party. He always has it on the Friday of spring break because you need Saturday to recover and Sunday to repent. Stop following me and go dance, Star, Kenya says. People already say you think you all that. I didn't know so many mind readers lived in Garden Heights or that people know me as anything other than Big Mav's daughter who works in the store. I sip my drink and spit it back out. I knew there would be more than Hawaiian punch to it, but this is way stronger than I'm used to. They shouldn't even call it punch, just straight up liquor. I put it on the coffee table and say, folks kill me, thinking they know I think. Hey, I'm just saying, you act like you don't know nobody because you go to that school. I've been hearing that for six years, ever since my parents put me in Williamson Prep. Whatever, I mumble. And it wouldn't kill you to not dress like... She turns up her nose as she looks from the sneakers to my oversized hoodie. That? Ain't that my brother's hoodie? Our brother's hoodie. Kenya and I share an older brother, Seven. But she and I aren't related. Her mama is Seven's mom and my dad is Seven's dad. Crazy, I know. Yeah, it's his. Figures. You know what else people saying, too? 
got folks thinking you are my girlfriend. Do I look like I care what people think? No, and that's the problem. Whatever. If I'd known following her to this party meant she'd be on some extreme makeover star edition mess, I would have stayed home and watched Fresh Prince reruns. My Jordans are comfortable and damn they're new. That's more than some people can say. The hoodie's way too big, but I like it that way. Plus, if I pull it over my nose, I can't smell the weed. Well, I ain't babysitting you all night, so you better do something, Kenya says and scopes the room. Kenya could be a model. If I'm completely honest, she's got flawless dark brown skin. I don't think she ever gets a pimple. Slanted brown eyes, long eyelashes that aren't store-bought. She's the perfect height for modeling, too, but a little thicker than those toothpicks on the runway. She never wears the same outfit twice. Her daddy, King, makes sure of that. Kenya is about the only person I hang out with at Garden Heights. It's hard to make friends when you go to a school that's 45 minutes away and you're a latchkey kid who's only seen at her family store. It's easy to hang out with Kenya because of our connection to Seven. She's messy as hell sometimes, though, always fighting somebody and quick to say her daddy will whoop somebody's ass. Yeah, it's true, but I wish she'd stop picking fights so she can use her trunk card. Hell, I could use mine too. Everybody knows you don't mess with my dad. Big math, and you definitely don't mess with his kids. Still, you don't see me going around starting shit. Like at Big T's party, Kenya's giving Denasia Allen some serious stink eye. I don't remember how uh, much about Denasia, but I remember that she and Kenya haven't liked each other since fourth grade. Tonight, Tanasi is dancing with some guy halfway across the room and paying no attention to Kenya. But no matter where we move, Kenya spots Tanasi and glares at her. And the thing about the stink eye is at some point you feel it on you, inviting you to kick some ass or have your ass kicked. Ugh, I can't stand her. Kenya seats. The other day we were in line in the cafeteria, right? And she behind me talking out the side of her neck. She didn't use my name, but I know she was talking about me, saying I tried to get with Devante. For real, I say what I'm supposed to. Uh-huh. I don't want him. I know. Honestly, I don't know who Devante is. So what did you do? What do you think I did? I turned around and asked if she had a problem with me. Old trick gonna say, I wasn't even talking about you. Knowing she was. You are so lucky you go to that white people's school and don't have to deal with hoes like that. Ain't that some shit? Not even five minutes ago I was stuck up because I go to Williamson. Now I'm lucky. Trust me, my school has hoes too. Hodum is universal. Watch, we're going to handle her tonight. Kenya's stink eye reaches its highest level of stink. Nanasia feels its sting and looks right at Kenya. Uh-huh. Kenya confirms. Like Denasia hears her. Watch. Hold up. We... That's why you begged me to come to this party. So you can have a tag team partner? She has the nerve to look offended. Ain't like you had nothing else to do. Or anybody else to do. Hang out with. I'm doing your ass a favor. Really, Kenya? You do know I have friends, right? She rolls her eyes hard. Only the whites are visible for a few seconds. Them little bougie girls from your school don't count. They're not bougie and they do count. I th think Maya and I are cool. Not sure what's up with me and Haley lately. And honestly, 
If pulling me into a fight is your way of helping me social, my social life, I'm good. God damn, it's always some drama with you. Please, Star. She stretches the please extra long. Too long. That's what I'm thinking. We wait until she gets away from Devante, right? And then we... My phone vibrates against my thigh, and I glance at the screen. Since I'm ignoring his calls, Chris texts me instead. Can we talk? I didn't mean for it to go like that. Of course he didn't. He meant for it to go a whole different way yesterday. Which is the problem. I slip the phone in my pocket. I'm not sure what I want to say, but I'd rather deal with him later. Kenya! Somebody shouts. This big, light-skinned girl with bone-straight hair moves through the crowd toward us. A tall boy with a black and blonde frohawk follows her. They both give Kenya hugs and talk about how cute she looks. I'm not even here. Why you ain't tell me you was coming, the girl says, and sticks her thumb in her mouth. She's got an overbite from doing that, too. You could have rolled with us. No, girl, I had to go with Star, Kenya says. We walked here together. That's when they noticed me, standing not even half a foot from Kenya. The guy squints and he gives me a quick once-over. He frowns for a hot second, but I notice it. Ain't you Big Mav's daughter who works in the store? See, people act like the name on my birth certificate is that. Yeah, that's me. Oh, the girl says, I knew you looked familiar. We were in the third grade together. Mrs. Bridges class, I sat behind you. Oh, I know this is the moment I'm supposed to remember her, but I don't. I guess Kenya was right. I really don't know anybody. Their faces are familiar, but you don't get names in life stories when you're bagging folks' groceries. I can lie, though. Yeah, I remember you. Girl, quit lying, the guy says. You know you don't know her ass. Why are you always lying? Kenya and the girl sing together. The guys join in and all burst out laughing. Bianca and Chance, be nice, Kenya says. This is Star's first party. Her folks won't let her go nowhere. I cut her a side eye. I go to parties, Kenya. Have y'all seen her at any parties around here? Kenya asks. Nope. Point made. And before you say it, little lame white kid suburb parties don't count. Chance and Bianca snigger. Damn, I wish this hoodie could swallow me up somehow. I bet they'd be doing Molly shit, don't they? Chance asked me. White kids love popping pills. And listening to Taylor Swift, Bianca asks, talking from her thumb. Okay, that's somewhat true. But I'm not telling them that. Nah. Actually, their parties are pretty dope. One time, this boy had J. Cole perform at his birthday party. Damn, for real? Chance asks. Shit. Bitch, next time, invite me. I'll party with them white kids. Anyway, Kenya says loudly, we were talking about Disnasia. Bitch, over there dancing with Devante. Old trick, Bianca says. You know, she's been running her mouth about you, right? I was in Mr. Donald's class last week when Aaliyah told me. Chance rolls his eyes. Ugh, Mr. Donald. You just mad he threw you out, Kenya says. Hell yes. Anyway, Aaliyah told me, Bianca begins. I get lost again as classmates and teachers that I don't know are discussed. I can't say anything. Doesn't matter, though. I'm invisible. I feel like that a lot around here. 
In the middle of them complaining about Denasia and their teachers, Kenya says something about getting another drink, and the three of them walk off without me. Suddenly, I'm Eve in the garden after she ate the fruit. It's like I realize I'm naked. I'm by myself at a party I'm not even supposed to be at, where I barely know anybody, and the person I do know just left me hanging. Kenya begged me to come to this party for weeks. I knew I'd be uncomfortable as hell, but every time I told Kenya no, she said I act like I'm too good for a garden party. I got tired of hearing that shit and decided to prove her wrong. Problem is, it would have taken Black Jesus to convince my parents to not let me come. Now Black Jesus will have to save me if they find out I'm here. People glance over at me with that, who is this chick standing against the wall by herself like an idiot? Look, I slip my hands into my pocket. As long as I play it cool and keep to myself, I should be fine. The ironic thing is, though, at Williamson, I don't have to play it cool. I'm cool by default because I'm one of the only black kids there. I have to earn coolness in Garden Heights, and that's more difficult than buying retro Jordans on release day. Funny how it works with white kids, though. It's dope to be black until it's hard to be black. Star, a familiar voice says. The sea of people parts for him like he's a brown-skinned Moses. Guys give him daps and girls crane their necks to look at him. He smiles at me, and his dimples ruin any G persona he has. Khalil is fine. No other way of putting it. And I used to take baths with him. Not like that, but way back in the day when we would giggle because he had a wee-wee and I had what his grandma called a wee-ha. I swear it wasn't perverted, though. He hugs me, smelling like soap and baby powder. What's up, girl? Ain't seen you in a minute. He lets me go. You don't text nobody, nothing. Where you been? School and the basketball team keep me busy, I say. But I'm always at the store. You're the one nobody sees anymore. His dimples disappear. He wipes his nose like he always does before a lie. I've been busy. Obviously, the brand new Jordans, the crisp white tee, the diamonds in the ears. When you grow up in Garden Heights, you know what busy really means. Fuck, I wish he wasn't that kind of busy, though. I don't know if I want to tear up or smack him. But the way Cleo looks at me with those hazel eyes makes it hard to be upset. I feel like I'm 10 again, standing in the basement of Christ's Temple Church, having my first kiss with him at vacation Bible school. Suddenly, I remember I'm in a hoodie looking a straight-up mess, and that I actually have a boyfriend. I might not be answering Chris's calls or texts right now, but he's still mine, and I want to keep it that way. How's your grandma? I ask. And Cameron? They're all right. Grandma's sick, though. Cleo sips from his cup. Doctors say she's got cancer or whatever. Damn. Sorry, Kay. Yeah, she's taking chemo. She only worried about getting a wig, though. He gives a weak laugh that doesn't show his dimples. She'll be all right. It's a prayer more than a prophecy. Is your mama helping with Cameron? Good old star, always looking for the best in people. You know she ain't helping. Hey, it was just a question. She came in the store the other day. She looks better. For now, says Khalil, she claims she's trying to get clean, but it's the usual. She'll go clean a few weeks, decide she wants one more hit, and then be back at it.
But like I said, I'm good. Camera's good. Grandma's good. He shrugs. That's all that matters. Yeah, I say, but I remember the nights I spent with Khalil on his porch, waiting for his mama to come home. Whether he likes it or not, she matters to him too. The music changes and Drake raps from the speakers. I nod to the beat and rap along under my breath. Everybody on the dance floor yells out the started from the bottom, now we're here part. Some days we are at the bottom in Garden Heights, but we still share the feeling that damn, it could be worse. Khalil is watching me. A smile tries to form on his lips, but he shakes his head. Can't believe you still love whiny ass Drake. I gape at him. Leave my husband alone. Your corny husband. Baby, you my everything. You all I ever wanted. Khalil sings in a whiny voice. I push him with my shoulder and he laughs, his drink splashing over the sides of the cup. You know, that's what he sounds like. I flip him off. He puckers his lips and makes a kissing sound. All these months apart and we've fallen back into normal like it's nothing. Khalil grabs a napkin from the coffee table and wipes drinks off his Jordans, the three retros. They came out a few years ago, but I swear those things are so fresh. They cost about $300, and that's if you find somebody on eBay who goes easy. Chris did. I got mine for a steal at one fifty, but I wear kid sizes, thanks to my small feet. Chris and I can match our sneakers. Yes, we're that couple. Shit, we're fine, though. If you can stop doing stupid stuff, we'll really be good. I like the kicks, I tell Cleo. Thanks. He scrubs the shoe with his napkin. I cringe. With each hard rub, the shoes cry for my help. No lie. Every time a sneaker is cleaned improperly, a kitten dies. Khalil, I say, one second away from snatching the napkin, either wipe gently back and forth or dab. Don't scrub. For real. He looks up at me, smirking. Okay, Miss Sneakerhead. And thank Black Jesus he dabs. Since you made me spill my drink on them, I ought to make you clean them. It'll cost you $60. 60 he shouts, straightening up. Hell yeah, and it would be 80 if they had icy soles. Clear bottoms are a bitch to clean. Cleaning kits aren't cheap. Besides, you're obviously making money if you can buy those. Khalil sips his drink like I didn't say anything. Mutters, damn, this shit's strong. And sets the cup on the coffee table. Hey, tell your pops I need to holler at him soon. Some stuff going down that I need to talk to him about. What kind of stuff? Grown folk business. Yeah, because you are so grown. Five months, two weeks, and three days older than you, he winks. I ain't forgot. A commotion stirs in the middle of the dance floor. Voices argue louder than the music. Cuss words fly left and right. My first thought? Kenya walked up on Danasia like she promised. But the voices are deeper than theirs. A shot rings out. I duck. Pop! A second shot. The crowd stampedes toward the door, which leads to more cussing and fighting since it's impossible for everybody to get out at once. Khalil grabs my hand. Come on. There are way too many people and way too much curly hair for me to catch a glimpse of Kenya. But Kenya, forget her. Let's go. He pulls me through the crowd, showing people out our way and, and stepping on shoes. That alone could get us some bullets. I look for Kenya among the panicked faces, but still no sign of her. I don't cry to see who got shot or who did it. You can't snitch if you don't know anything. Cars speed away outside and people run into the 
night in any direction where shots aren't firing off. Khalil leads me to a Chevy Impala parked under a dim streetlight. He pushes me in through the driver's side, and I climb into the passenger seat. We screech off, leaving chaos in the rearview mirror. Always some shit, he mumbles. Can't have a party without somebody getting shot. He sounds like my parents. That's exactly why they don't let me go nowhere, as Kenya puts it. At least not around Garden Heights. I send Kenya a text, hoping she's alright. Doubt those bullets were meant for her. But bullets go where they want to go. Kenya texts back kind of quick. I'm fine. I see that bitch though. About to handle her ass. Where are you at? Is this chick for real? We just ran for our lives and she's ready to fight? I don't even answer that dumb shit. Khalil's Impala is nice. Not all flashy like some guy's cars. I didn't see any rims before I got in and the front seat has cracks in the leather. But the interior is a tacky lime green, so it's been customized at some point. I pick at a crack in the seat. Who you think I shot? Cleo gets his hairbrush out of the compartment on the door. Probably a king lord, he says, brushing the side of his fade. Some garden disciples came in when I got there. Something was bound to pop off. I nod. Garden Heights has been a battlefield for the past two months over some stupid territory wars. I was born a queen because daddy used to be a king lord, but when he left the game, my street royalty status ended. But even if I had grown up in it, I wouldn't understand fighting over streets nobody owns. Khalil drops the brush in the door and cranks up his stereo, blasting an old rap song daddy has played a million times. I frown. Why well, always listen to that old stuff? Man, get out of here. Tupac was the truth. Yeah, 20 years ago. Nah, even now. Like, check this. He points at me, which means he's about to go into one of his Khalil philosophical moments. Pac said thug life stood for hate you give, little infants fucks everybody. I raised my eyebrows. What? Listen, the hate you, the letter you, give little infants fucks everybody. T-H-U-G-L-I-F-E. Meaning, what society gives us as youth, it bites them in the ass when we wild out. Get it? Damn, yeah. See? Told you he was relevant. He nods to the beat and raps along, but now I'm wondering what he's going to do. Fuck everybody. As much as I think I know, I hope I'm wrong. I need to hear it from him. So, why have you really been busy? I ask. A few months ago, Daddy said you quit the store. I haven't seen you since. He scoots closer to his steering wheel. Where you want me to take you? Your home or your store? Khalil. Your house or the store? If you're selling that stuff, mind your business, star. Don't worry about me. I'm doing what I gotta do. Bullshit. You know my dad would help you out. He wipes his nose before his lie. I don't need help from nobody, okay? And that little minimum wage job your pops gave me didn't make nothing happen. I got tired of choosing between lights and food. I thought your grandma was working. She was. When she got sick, them clowns at the hospital claimed they'd work with her. Two months later, she wasn't pulling her load on the job because when you're going through chemo, you can't pull big-ass garbage bins around. They fired her. He shakes his head. Funny, huh? The hospital fired her because she was sick. It's silent in the Impala, except for Tupac asking, 
Who do you believe in? I don't know. My phone vibrates again. Probably either Chris asking for forgiveness or Kenya asking for backup against Anasia. Instead, my big brother's all cap texts appear on the screen. I don't know why he does that. Probably thinks it intimidates me. Really, it annoys the hell out of me. Where are you? You and Kenya better not be at that party. I heard somebody got shot. The only thing worse than protective parents is protective older brothers. Even Black Jesus can't save me from seven. Khalil glances over at me. Seven, huh? How'd you know? Because you always look like you want to punch something when he talks to you. Remember that time at your birthday party when he kept telling you what to wish for? And I popped him in his mouth? Then Natasha got mad at you for telling her boyfriend to shut up, Cleo says laughing. I roll my eyes. She got on my nerves with her crush on Seven. Half the time I thought she came over just to see him. Nah, it was because you had the Harry Potter movies. What we used to call ourselves the Hood Trio. Tighter than the inside of Voldemort's nose. We were so silly for that. I know, right? He says. We laugh, but something's missing from it. Someone's missing from it. Natasha. Khalil looks at the road. Crazy, it's been six years, you know. A whoop-whoop sound startles us. Blue lights flash in the rear rear mirror. Thank you for listening to With Just a Kiss. Until next time.